Rounds two and three are complete for the Eagles. And ironically, it's actually round three because the Eagles did not pick in round two as they traded out from 62 to 65. They acquired pick 188 and 230 in the process, making a trade with the Texans. And the Eagles made two selections. They drafted offensive tackle, but announced as a guard from Alabama, Tyler Steen. And then at 66, they selected a safety from Illinois, Sidney Brown, a guy we had talked about. Um, so a lot to go over here. I mean, there, there really is. There's a ton because it's going to come down to more so who was on the board. Um, first, let's go over Steen. Two sacks um, in, what, 489 pass snaps or something like that at Alabama. He played left tackle. He transferred from Vanderbilt. I guess he started as a defensive lineman, went to Vanderbilt. Moved over to the offensive side in terms of the offensive line. Then he did finish at Alabama. And I mean, two sacks in the SEC, the guy could clearly uh, could clearly play. My thing with Steen is this. <laughs> they announced him as a guard. So that tells you the Eagles are planning on moving him inside. Which is fine. They need a right guard. What's infuriating to me is Osiris Torrance, who... He was second on my offensive line list. Remember, I did my top five. I mean, he fell to 59. The Eagles had a legitimate opportunity to trade up and draft Osiris Torrance. And it just didn't happen. And I get it. You know, they didn't have a lot of picks to play with. They already have traded two picks, right, Um, from next year's draft. You know, they weren't going to trade any picks in this year's draft. They just have none to trade. I look at it like this. It's a, it's a clearly, it's a missed opportunity. I get it. You could tell me Torrance might not be the athlete that they want as a guard. Well, I mean, he, Brandon Brooks wasn't like some incredible athlete. He transformed his body and started becoming a better athlete. And, and you're going to tell me if Torrance gets in the building, they can't help him become a better athlete, which I know they could have. The guy is a mauler in terms of pass protection and run protection. In fact, his professional comp, ironically, was Brandon Brooks, who was another dominant right guard. Um, again, I'm not going to criticize the pick because here's the thing. I could be upset about missing out on what I consider a very major opportunity in Osiris Torrance. Joe Tipman, by the way, a guy I really wanted, was gone early. He went at 43. You know, there was a run on guys. Steve Avila went in the 30s. I believe he went to the Rams, I think it was. Um, you know, then there was obviously Cody Mouch. He went to the, the Buccaneers. So guys had went. It wasn't like the Eagles were sitting there with a bunch of names on the board. Hence why they traded down. But, you know, hey, Jeff Stoutland approves every defensive or offensive lineman that comes in the building in terms of draft. It goes through Stoutland. So who are we at this point to question Jeff Stoutland? He clearly likes Tyler Steen and bringing Tyler Steen in. And one thing about Steen is he is a very good athlete for someone his size. He comes from Alabama. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that you could sit back and go, hey, okay, let's just trust this. Things can get obviously better, and he might develop into a really good guard. That is more than possible. So I'm not going to sit here and cry about anything. 
I'm just frustrated at the fact that Osiris Torrance was there. Now, 66 was Sidney Brown. Sidney Brown, to me, is an excellent pick. I mean, let me tell you something about Sidney Brown. Sidney Brown plays football physical. Like, he is a physical football player. Like, he, he is not afraid of contact. He has a knack for the ball. I mean, he had six interceptions just this past season. Um, I know Pro Football Focus graded him as missing, what, 15% of his tackles or something crazy. That's not good. But at the same time, it's not due to lack of effort. I think that's what's most important in this whole thing. Coaching can help. Obviously, technique, and that's where the defensive backs coaches and you know the defensive coaches on the staff there are going to be able to help assist him in terms of trying to clean up that technique so missed tackles don't happen. But this guy is not afraid of contact. He is in a mold of Marcus Epps, but I think he's going to be a much better version of Marcus Epps. And that's not a slight to Marcus Epps, somebody I really did like. Um, but Brown is just... This guy, I think he's going to become a quickly, he's quickly going to become a fan favorite of this team. That I can assure you. He plays so hard. He plays so physical. I really, honestly, I really do like Sidney Brown. Now, here's the thing. There were guys out there that I would have liked to see the Eagles maybe change. Again, it wouldn't have been Brown. It was going to be for Steen. My thing was this. What I kept hoping the Eagles would have done was draft Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver from Tennessee, he was on the board. He had fallen all the way down. He won the Blitnikoff Award. He was the top receiver in college football in terms of that award last season. You know, he had a five-touchdown, six-catch, 200-yard game against Alabama this year in that great game against Tennessee where where Tennessee beat Alabama. Um, And my other plan was, you know, you take the pick at 65 and you trade down, hopefully from 66. Again, remember, easier said than done because, I mean, it takes two to tango. But I'm not going to sit here and complain because I told you coming in, I mean, it was offensive line 100% needed to be picked. They did it. And then it was either wide receiver or safety. They did it. So, I mean, really, what are we going to sit here and complain that the Eagles did what they were supposed to do? I mean, those were two uh, areas we were very deficient at. You get a day one starter, in my opinion, in Sidney Brown. I, I don't envision any scenario Sidney Brown is not starting next year. I know I could say that, and I thought the same thing about Dean last year, and then the undrafted guy, TJ Edwards, and you know Kaiser White, the free agent, started over him. So yeah, it is very possible that Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds are starting at safety this year, but I just don't think there's going to be any plausible way they can keep Sidney Brown off the field. I think he comes in, and he, I think he instantly becomes our best overall safety. I really do believe that. So I don't think that that's going to be the case this year. But again, we got the whole offseason to get ready for that. OTAs, training camp, you know, preseason. But I think Sidney Brown's going to play himself into being a starter. Steen? That's a better question because if we had Torrance, if we had Tipman, um, I think those guys are, are locks to be starters at right guard if they were on this team. Steen's a bigger question. He goes from left tackle. He's going to go to right guard, maybe. I mean, again... They announced him as a guard. I mean, he's got short arms. That's why they don't want him to play tackle. But, I mean, they announced him as a guard. So, to me, it's like he's going to be in a competition with Cam Jurgens. He's going to be in a competition with Jack Driscoll, I'm assuming. I don't know what they're going to do there. They still need another guy on the offensive line. Problem is, I mean, you're going to be picking him in either, you know, the sixth, late sixth round Seventh round or undrafted free agent. Or, or again, I mean, it, it could be a street free agent. They have Brett Toth in the building, somebody they still like. I, we just need one more guy because you need eight guys, in my opinion, for the offensive line. That's generally what makes your team, eight to nine guys. 
They had nine last year. They had an undrafted guy who, you know, obviously is dealing with serious legal issues. So Josh Sills is no more of an option there. But I mean, right now on the roster, it's like, you know, you're, you're going to line up with Mylotta, um, Dickerson, and Kelsey. Lane Johnson being your right tackle. Then the right guard question comes down to, is it Jurgens, Driscoll, or um, Tyler Steen? But right, that's only seven guys. You know, Brett Toth is a name I just mentioned as somebody who they've liked, but it just sucks. This is one of those things where you're like, damn, I still wish we had like a Jack Anderson in the building. Yeah, Suo Pet is there. I, I get it. But I don't know. And again, we got plenty of time before the season starts. And there are guys out there that you could sign off the street that could play guard still. Definitely. There are still some, I mean, I'm not going to say high-end players because that's not the case, but there are some guys you could maybe get in there that might be able to contribute in terms of taking that position if they need to and giving Steen a chance to develop because that's going to be my guess is I don't think Tyler Steen is starting day one at right guard. I think that's going to be something where he needs to be kind of developed into it. If that's the case, though, it's like, okay, is it still going to be Jurgens? I know they're worried about his size. I would think Driscoll really does stand a serious shot to be the right guard. Issue is, though... We don't have anybody who could play tackle then. You know, and right now he's the only guy who could play tackle out of those seven or out of those three guys that are essentially competing for right guard and also being one of our major sixth offensive linemen. That's where we are right now with this team. The Eagles did do, hey, they've added depth at positions we've needed. They got a safety. They got an offensive lineman. You know, they got two defensive linemen, one being a tackle, one being an edge rusher. So, I mean... It's better than it was, but I mean, it is crazy to think here, by the way, that a guy like Kelly Ringo was on the board when they picked um, a corner from Georgia. You know what I mean? Like, that was somebody I heard early in the process that they they liked was Kelly Ringo, especially because of his size, but he's still out there. I don't know if the Eagles are going to come flying up and maybe make another move here. Here's the thing. They got, what, a sixth and three seventh rounders. That's foolish to me. To, to spend four picks that late, I would rather them see them package maybe two of those picks, maybe a pick next year, try to get up. And again, I mean, you're not getting up into the third round with that. I mean, but maybe late four, early five, somewhere in that range, try to get up and try to get yourself one more player. Because again, like I said, we have not addressed wide receiver. We are criminally thin at wide receiver. I mean, it's concerning how thin they are. And, and spoiler, there's nobody on the streets. I mean, unless you're, you're hoping on Jarvis, Land, uh, Jarvis Landry or Julio Jones, which those guys have serious injury concerns themselves. Our fifth receiver right now is Britton Covey. So it's like, you know, this is something that's got to be addressed. And, I, and I'm not ruling it out still. There are guys still out there at wide receiver that can absolutely contribute if the Eagles go out and make a move. But I mean, it's getting thin quick. Running back, what's the problem there? Again, I like the running backs. As everybody who listens to this show knows, I'm a big Trey Sermon guy. I think if he gets a shot, he's going to impress. So you have Sermon, you have Gainwell, you have Scott, and you have Penny. That's fine. It is. But the running back free agent market's a lot better, especially with a guy sitting there in, in terms of like an Ezekiel Elliott, who named the Eagles, by the way. You know what I mean? Like, he wanted to come there. And I know people will sit here and say, I don't know how much tread's left on his tire. Well, guess what? We're not asking Ezekiel Elliott to come in here and be 2016 Zeke Elliott. But a guy you actually might like, might like a lot more than Ezekiel Elliott, but issue this guy has an injury history, and Detroit's floated out there that they're looking to trade him because, you know, that their running back room is now stacked up, is DeAndre Swift. 
he's 24 years old. He's only due $1.7 million on the last year of his rookie deal. I think DeAndre Swift, by the way, who is a Philly native, and ironically, what school did he go to? Georgia. Um, that, to me, would make the most sense. Now, again, with one of those picks that you have in the sixth or seventh round, damn right, that could be something where you can use maybe one or two of those seventh rounders and get DeAndre Swift. I 100% believe that. Because his price tag is is criminally low, as it should be, because the Lions have no leverage. Those are just things here to kind of float out, because if you were telling me right now in terms of what else this team can kind of use, we could definitely use another offensive lineman, for sure, as we said. You, you would have liked to have gotten a tight end, but, I mean, hey, Calcaterra could still be developed. Um, they do like Stoll in terms of his blocking, which is fine. Tyree Jackson is still in there as your project guy. This might be the last year for it, but hey, again, still has a chance. And, and like I said, you know, wide receiver and running back, we just detailed those. Quarterback, you know, it's they got Mariota and Ian Book. Now defensive line, you're, you're pretty much set up. Linebacker, yeah, you, you would like to have gotten maybe another linebacker, but I mean, that's what Anthony Morrow's here for. I like Christian Ellis. You know, N'Kobe Dean obviously being your starter. Corner would have been nice. It really would have been because your two starters are over the age of 30. And, you know, your primary backup now is Greedy Williams. I don't know what they think of Zach McPherson. It can't be too much. Slot corner. Like, yeah, I guess Sidney Brown could help there. But, I mean, he's he's a safety. He's not like a Brian Branch who played slot this year. By the way, went 45th, was it, which was wild to me. But, um, you know, they didn't really address that. And again, they still have tomorrow to do so in terms of maybe trying to find a slot corner. Like, yeah, a guy like a Starling Thomas or something like that who might go in the fourth, fifth round. Maybe he falls, and, and you could kind of get a gem there. Sure, I'm not sitting here saying anything's not possible, but those are kind of where it's... And again, we're nitpicking. Because I keep telling you, I mean, I just look at it like what's behind you in case somebody gets injured. I understand that. And, and, I, and I know you you got to hope for health. Obviously, no team that just suffers injury after injury wins a Super Bowl. It's not possible. So you got to, I mean, hey, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you're going to stay relatively healthy. And fortunately for the Eagles at corner, they have stayed healthy the last couple seasons. I mean, with the exception of Vontae Maddox getting injured. Which is, by the way, a credit to the players. I mean, they know how to protect themselves too, Slay and Bradbury. But I mean, if you told me in this draft you'd get arguably the best defensive player in the entire draft in Jalen Carter. And I know the red flags are there. The coaches report coming out today that, you know, the coaches down there weren't really high on him, whatever. I get it. Red flags, red flags. But the Eagles felt comfortable drafting Jalen Carter. And then Nolan Smith, who, by the way, so impressed with him. I am impressed by Nolan Smith, the person. Like, this guy has got team leader written all over him. And, you know, I should have got a spoiler from it when they said he was best friends with N'Kobe Dean. And you saw N'Kobe Dean and him celebrate when he got drafted the other night. But Nolan Smith talking, the, the words he was saying today about Jalen Carter even, it's like you could just tell this guy gets it. So any questions I had on Nolan Smith, when just by hearing him speak today, I know this guy's coming to work and he's getting, we're, we're going to get the most we can out of Nolan Smith. Like Nolan Smith is not going to leave any potential unturned. And he's got such a good head on his shoulders. I mean, I was very happy. And again, I'm not sitting here saying Carter is, you know, oh, you got to be on him. But it's like, I know the things about, we all heard the stories on Jalen Carter. But Jalen Carter is 21 years old. You know what I mean? I, I 
and again, I'm not sitting here dismissing anything that happened. I mean, that the, the incident where, you know, the car accident is, is tragic, obviously, and, and it's so sad and, and I'm not trying to brush it under the rug, but I am sitting here saying in terms of just maturity issues, think back to when you were 21. You know what I mean? Like if you're 30 years old now, you think back to when you're 21, you're like, damn, man, I was an idiot. And you're asking somebody 21 to grow up. And again, some can, and and I'm fingers crossed, and Jalen Carter might grow up quick here because he's had some real-life stuff happen to him. This this is uh, this has been a great draft, though. It really has. In terms of the talent they got, they got a guy I think that could start at safety now at 66. They got a guy that they think they could develop into a very serious uh, you know, offense lineman and Tyler Steen, and then uh, t- to get a home run pick in Jalen Carter, and then you know an, a guy who's got potential that I'm just positive he's going to live up to now, Nolan Smith. There's no complaints here. There really isn't. You'd be a fool to complain about any of it. I mean, th- this has been an excellent draft for the Eagles. Remember, you're not drafting for needs. You're drafting for tomorrow. And uh, again, they've been fortunate enough that. Some of these guys were the best player on the board fit a need that they had anyway. And again, we still have rounds four, five, six, and seven tomorrow. And trades could still happen. But I'd sit here and tell you this. The Buda Baker trade or whatever that everybody was kind of hoping for, to me, I, I'm, I think that's out the window. With a guy like Sidney Brown, it just doesn't make sense. But at wide receiver, I, I'm not ruling anything out. I don't know what's going to happen there, but I know for a fact there's just no possible way the Eagles are comfortable with the three wide or with their four wide receivers right now. They can't be. They just physically can't be because I mean it's just you're literally one injury away from like the Jalen Rager situation. And again, like I said, at tight end, you don't really have a, an exceptional number two, so it's not like you could just drop into twelve personnel. So yeah, I mean, I, I would ideally you want to see them try to find somebody that they can upgrade a wide receiver, and it's just going to be very hard because again, the free agent market is bare minimum, and more than likely it's going to have to come through a trade. Or hey, like I said, they might make a move in this draft. There's still that. There are going to be guys there in rounds four, five, six, and set. Like I could see something like that along the way. You know what I mean? Hey, last year, remember we were championing that Deion Kane made the team. So you know what I mean? Like the guys like that will happen in the preseason that stick out. But at the same time, you know what I mean? We might have been rooting for Deion Kane to possibly make the team, but you weren't sitting there going, man, I, I need Deion Kane to play. <laughs> and that's what my big concern is. It's just like if one of these guys has to eventually play. But for the first two rounds, if you told me the haul we were going to get, Yesterday, if you said to me prior to the draft starting that, hey, after the first two rounds, the four guys you're going to walk away with are, and you're only going to give up a fourth and a fifth round pick in 2024, and you're going to get Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Tyler Steen, and Sidney Brown, would you stamp approval on that? And I would have slammed that stamp down as hard as I could and said, absolutely yes. No questions about it. But I also now want to address, and again, like I said, you could still possibly see something with DeAndre Swift. There's still a bunch of things that could still happen here. By the way, you know what's funny? I'm looking at the board here, and again, we're still in the, what, what is it, the 
80 or 92nd pick. We're in the 90s now. You know the kid from Northwestern that they leaked like a couple weeks ago? Oh, man, the Eagles really like him. And they're like, oh, yeah, he could go at 30. He's still out there. Double A from Northwestern. I want to say, I would butcher saying his name. Adetwini uh, Abadorwar. <laughs> you know, he's he's that guy who tested off the charts at the Combine. But again, he kind of is a tweener between D-tackle and D-end. He's actually still on the board. To show you, though, that's like when you hear these reports next year, like, oh, the Eagles are interested in this guy. They really like this guy. They really like this guy. They really like this guy. This is somebody they're looking forward to. They'd love to get this guy. They leak stuff intentionally. It's a poker game. And, hey, that that's why you do it. They liked him so much that they passed them four times. And, again, to be fair to them, it's not like they passed him today because... They really just wanted to. They passed them today because it was just, what, what are you going to keep just drafting on the defensive line? I mean, you do have to address other areas of your roster, and, and clearly that's what that move was to made to do today. Now, tomorrow, guys that I would like to possibly maybe see us throw darts at, again, I don't know if they'll be there. I mean, it's almost impossible to predict. I mean, we're 100 picks away, so you have no clue who's going to be around. Guys that I would sit there and say to you, oh man, I have my fingers crossed that this guy falls down in the draft. Okay, how about Jordan McClendon? Uh, let me see here. McClendon or McFadden? How do you say his name? I say this like you don't know who I'm talking about, and it's like, to be fair, I've, I've actually watched some tape on him. He's from Clemson, so let's see here. I mean, I don't see any chance... That he's he might have been picked already, to be honest. Let me just make sure. No, Jordan McFadden. They have him listed as a guard. I mean, I, he played tackle at Clemson. So, he's somebody that maybe later... I mean, Andrew Voorhees is another name. You know, the USC guard. I, I don't think he makes it that far because he's just going to be redshirted, essentially. But he's somebody who actually probably would have been picked already. To be fair to him, if he didn't get hurt, um, I know Braden Daniels is another guy they liked. I don't think he makes it that far. A TJ Bass is somebody I really like from Oregon as a project tackle. I really like him. That would be a guy like okay, TJ Bass to me is very plausible. You know, on the def- and then on you know at wide receiver, it's like yeah, going late. Um, Man, that's going to be tough. Like, Hutchinson from Iowa State is somebody I really like. There's just no chance he falls that far. Um, you know, getting that, it's just, you can't predict it. I will say this, at running back, there's a guy I really like, is Keaton Mitchell. Remember I put him in my top five? There is a shot a guy like Keaton Mitchell can fall down. He is like a weapon. He's like a utility player at the running back spot. So, I mean, I'm not sitting here expecting it, but I know he's only 5'8", 179 pounds. But I mean, this dude is, he has burst, burst. Like he's a home run hitter. He'd be somebody where if he's there in the 160s, I'm I'm looking to go up and get him. Keaton Mitchell would definitely be, because I'm telling you this right now, he also fills another need. He could be your kick and punt returner. If And again, I don't say that to say I want to get rid of Britton Covey. I don't. And Boston Scott did really well kicking uh, as a kick returner last year as well. So it's not the need it's always been. 
But I'm just sitting here saying, if something happens to one of those guys where they get an injury or something, you know what I mean? We're not sitting here going, damn, we're screwed again because we have literally nobody else who could do these jobs. And again, just because Boston Scott was, like Keaton Mitchell might be great at it. Like, I actually think Covey is a very solid punt returner, so I'm not really looking to push him out. But Keaton Mitchell also, like I said, you get him on the field on offense, this guy can hit home runs. You know, and at quarterback, yeah, if DTR is there, you know, that'd be ideal. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's pretty much it. But again, we're 100 picks away. You can't really call it out. Yeah, I could go through the best players on the board here and tell you, oh, yeah, I'd like to get this guy, this guy, and this guy. Yeah, well, when they're picked in the fourth round, you know what I mean? You're going to look and go, well, clearly. Now, before we do get out of here, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I wanted to address that absolute piece of trash, Jonathan Gannon. So, story came out on Jonathan Gannon, and it, it, guys, it's 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 comical at this point. I just think back to all the people that actually defended this complete. He's he's a loser. So there was an article that ran about how the Eagles are furious with Jonathan Gannon and the tampering thing with the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals self-reported it, but the story coming out and when the self-reporting went in and then the Eagles started putting two and two together and they're like, I guess this is what came out from, you know, um, Marcus Hayes wrote an article and it said that maybe that's, this was a quote in the article. Maybe that's why Gannon, according to NFL sources, was giddy at an otherwise morose after party at the team hotel in Phoenix. At any rate, Many, this is an excerpt again from the article. At any rate, many among the Eagles' brain trust believe Gannon wasn't all in at the Super Bowl, according to two NFL sources. Our defense laid absolutely one of the biggest eggs in the history of, you know, the franchise in that Super Bowl. Now, to be fair to Jonathan, absolutely loser, coward, geek Gannon, he... His defense performed the exact way I anticipated against a quarterback with any type of talent, let alone arguably one of the greatest that ever played. And and by you know showing up, they didn't, because he's just scheme deficient and doesn't know how to make any counter punches. And he absolutely sucks at his job. But we'd be lying to ourselves, guys, if we didn't sit here and say, you know what I mean? Hearing that he might not have been all in, like this is the loser you're dealing with. He lied, by the way. Remember, he said, oh, oh, I didn't know anything about that, that interview until after the Super Bowl and how he told me. And I get it. You're not going to come out and lie. But I mean, he flat out lied. You just say no comment. Or you could have said, hey, I got interest. I heard from them early on in the offseason. Like, I know you're not going to sit there and, and come out and just flat out expose the tampering to a team that just hired you. But I mean, he's a liar and he's a loser. I I, I just think, my, I can't imagine how anybody would want to defend that Piece of, he like I said, there was one thing that was going to take a Super Bowl from the Eagles last season. It was Jonathan piece of trash Gannon, and he did. I anticipate when he has to come to Philadelphia this season as a head coach. You watch, you watch the the, the reception for that complete loser. I really hope, and again, it it's definitely not going to happen now. Where they even try to give him any type of like, oh hey, here's our former D coordinator. You know what I mean, like. You know, when Frank Reich would come in, obviously, it was like, hey, you know what, we respect you, Frank. The, the respect for this loser? Oh, my goodness, man. He, he might get pelted with objects. I'm being honest. Like, they're going to have to have security up for him. 
with stuff getting thrown at that guy because he's a loser. Complete loser. I couldn't despise somebody more than Jonathan Gay. I couldn't despise anything more than him. He is a complete loser. We're so fortunate that that piece of crap is not an eagle anymore. You all thought maybe, oh, I'm being hard on him, I'm being hard. He's a piece of trash. He's the biggest loser going. But this is a good day. We're talking about good things with the Eagles, like I said. We'll be back probably more. Again, if something major happens, I'll be back tomorrow night. More than likely, we'll be back on Thursday. We'll recap the whole draft, go over some undrafted free agents, because at that point, we'll know what's going on. And we'll bring up some free agents that, hey, if the Eagles don't address some needs, we'll figure out what, what the next steps can possibly be in terms of trying to fill this roster out. want everybody out there to stay safe. Stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles, go.